I'm going to admit, just like I do every week, um, I do struggle with finding topics at times. And I didn't want to, I guess I'm going to say take a hiatus. Hiatus, however you want to pronounce it. Um, because I just didn't feel like it. I didn't feel like, um, I don't know. I, I, I felt like I, I didn't want to just stop. I wanted to actively search for things. Um, so, I was kind of just looking around, like, what can I go look for? Like, what could be interesting to talk about? And one thing that I decided to think about was, um, I guess, I guess a good way to think is, like, psych wards or mental hospitalization. And one thing I was thinking about is stories and stuff and I'll definitely open up by saying this um not all mental hospitals and stories are created equal um everyone has different experiences going in and coming out and of course their stay um of course like there's some stories that are you know very either horrifying heartbreaking some just normal like you know nothing too big um, but, um, the, I feel like there's stigmatization and there is, um, there's also just a lot of misconception, I think, because I feel like a lot of people, when you think of, like, psych wards or mental health asylums, um, you just think about, like, this dark hallway place that, like, Patients never see, like, the light of day. So I was like, okay, well, I want to find some people's stories and experiences that show what they've been in, what they have been through, um, regardless of, like, a psych ward, mental hospital, um, and there are a lot of experiences, and these experiences have definitely, um, I guess you can say, true, they're, they're different because one, there's different countries, different states, you know, not like I said before, not all mental health um, hospitals are created equal, so you're not going to get the same treatment everywhere, so I feel like that's why some stories are heartbreaking when it's sometimes the psych ward, sometimes the patient, and of course, depending on severity of the mental illness, you know, it could, or why you were admitted, whether it was voluntary, involuntary, um, all these things can have an impact on your experience there, and of course, where you go, um, all those kind of things, but um, I feel like overall, there are misconceptions, and and myths that are portrayed. And I do want to talk about uh, the some of the myths that are out there about um, that are there about psych wards or mental health hospitals, stuff like that, and the like. Also, I did want to read some experiences that that you know from 
people who work there or people who have been admitted and just talking about like their day and stuff like that because I feel like that is more of a uh, healthier way of looking at it instead of being like oh well go off movies because they can show themselves to be plenty of different things and hospitalization they can they usually play more into a horror setting than anything but to get into it um like I said I'll, I want of course make sure to bring out not a mental health professional not a person who you know can be really qualified to give mental health advice or anything really any health advice whatsoever um of course do your own research um like I said, there are people who do a voluntary and involuntary, so resources do vary from place to place, country to country, you know, state to state, region to region, whatever, you know. So if you are feeling or if you are thinking about other people who you think about, you know, these kind of things are things you want to look up for your own benefit and, of course, um, just, you know, to also just have a good... Um, I guess, um, understanding of the resources that are within your reach. But, without further delay, let's get into it. Um, first one, first, first one to miss that I saw that, one second. Ooh, excuse me. Um, one myth was, uh, that, the psych wars are, is full of dangerous people. It, it, it's a big myth. Um, but according to some people from this person, one second. Well, by the website, the depressed med students. Um, I'm not sure exactly the date. But, like I said, I'll leave every, all the links and stuff in, in the description. But, it said, uh, there's number one, it says, the psych ward is full of dangerous people. It says, I think that's unfortunate this myth has come about in many ways. The fact that this myth exists comes from the false premise that those with mental illness are dangerous people. Whilst I cannot deny that people have had bad experiences with their fellow patients in the psych ward, psychiatric ward. It is untrue to suggest that it's a common occurrence. In my own admission, not one person seemed to be dangerous to me. They're all completely normal people who are just like me, been overcome by an illness of the mind. In fact, the person in the room next to me had chronic alcoholism as one of his issues, but not once did I suspect this. There was no way to tell, tell unless he actually told you, and he did in my case. I had very normal conversations with every patient there, the only difference between the outside world and the psychiatric world was that in the hospital, mental health was a very normal thing to talk about. We all talk about openly about our problems, and in many ways, this helped me in my own recovery. Not only were these patients not dangerous, but they were also extremely friendly and understanding. All psychiatric patients are dangerous? Absolutely not. It's true. And I feel like it's kind of sad that people think this way um myth number two says being admitted into a psychiatric ward causes full recovery um like i said it says mental health issues are very complex unfortunately 
Accessible admission to a mental health unit does not lead to full recovery from mental illness. In many cases, the admission is to simply improve the symptoms slightly so that the person is fit enough but not necessarily fully healthy to go on with their lives alone. It is true. I feel like um, th- these are also things that happen. I do read this a little bit and I just see um, when you do go into mental health hospitals um, like it, it says mental health is complex and like you're not and not everyone's cookie cutter everyone has different issues everyone has a reason why they're there so to so people are not always going to make a full recovery usually in the sense they usually are made so um, the person can live a somewhat normal life like or be able to manage the symptoms um, without the need for like a nurse or a doctor right there you know they can leave the ward and or hospital institution you know without doctor or a nurse or someone right there taking care of them the whole time um but one thing also one mentioned before i go too far is that not all health institutions are made equal um which is why like the for some people have bad experience bad experiences going in but um yeah it some some places are made for you know daytime hospitalization which is made mainly just, you know, I go in for a day, but they usually no overnight stays. Um, there's some that are like, into, like kind of the ICU intensive care unit where, you know, where usually those are the ones where these are kind of more, you can kind of say, I guess you can kind of say they are the ones who have more severe case than others. Um, there are some, there are other places who just do short term medium length kind of stays depending on you know the mental issues that are going on stuff like that um there there, there are different places that ha- they'll do different things um they're overall just you know good places to uh some places you know are, are meant to house them for maybe around a lifetime um it really just depends on the mental health at play and also, you know, what are the treatments options that you're looking for or your family or, you know, any other caregivers are looking for um, to help you out. Um, but, yes, in most cases, it's not always going to be a full recovery. You know, usually mental health, there are people who have, you know, bipolar, uh, borderline personality, um, depression, anxiety, these kind of things that, even in extreme cases, yeah, you, they might require hospitalization, but overall, even when you do leave, you're still going to deal with the mental health issue. You're just going to learn to kind of cope and to control the symptoms, you know, cope mechanisms, all those kind of things. So it's not full recovery, but recovery enough that you can leave and can still live some type of normal life outside of um, you know, a mental health hospital kind of place. Um, but yeah, I like also one myth that this bring up was how there are usually grim, dull, and haunted places. But I mean, movies just play on that stereotype usually. 
for uh, the dramatic effect. But in reality, like, no. Um, another place that's another website um, that brought some myths was Upworthy, Upworthy.com. This one gave me a date. Uh, October 20th, 2016. So, what is it? Oh, four years ago? This, going on this year would be five years. Um, but it was written by Danielle Hart. Hope I pronounced her name right. And I, I kind of feel bad that these articles are written so much because it's. I think somewhat it's kind of obvious that these aren't, you know, the crazy psych places that a lot of people think they are. But of course, that all you have to go off of, that's probably what you'd be thinking. But, I mean, like this person says, there are no restraints. It's just probably just stuff animal in general. You know, there's not much, but um, one thing I also saw that was common between a lot of hospitals that they usually take, upon admission, you take a lot of things like, you know, like food strings, hoodie strings, um, any like, any other things you come in with, like phones, um, any kind of accessories, they usually take those and it's kind of like inventory away. So when you are uh, upon release, uh, discharge, um, you can... You usually get your stuff back. Um, but like I said, every hospital is different. But the one thing I test to after several stays at several different institutions is that psychiatric hospitals are nothing like they are portrayed in movies or television. And since so there are many problems with the systems and they are far from perfect, I won't try to sugarcoat it, but they aren't certainly not as scary as it has become common perception. They're not a vacation by any means. But they serve the purpose of keeping people safe and pointing them in the right direction without the straight jackets and padded cells. True. Um, I know someone who I know someone who's in there for, you know, actual, you know, mental health reasons. Someone was there because they're like, Yeah, I just to see my this is gonna change for my parents. I said I was going to, you know, hurt myself and they put me here. So, there's different reasons why people are there. And, of course, not all of them are dangerous, those kind of things. So, biggest myth. Um, one second. Excuse me. Ugh. Um, one, I think one of the myths that were brought out here said, uh, Staff will force pills down your throat. It's just the reality of it. It says, I recently had a roommate who didn't want to take a new medication and she was prescribed. So she didn't. I never once saw anyone forced to take medication or do anything they didn't want to do. So psychiatrists meet with patients regularly to determine and maintain a path of treatment and the appropriate medication plan. But the doctors make med recommendations because it's their job. They don't force pills down anybody's throat. These are the pills that was and this, and she shows pictures of um, and shows the picture of the pills that she was prescribed and chose to take. Um, but yes, uh, I, I think that's one thing I can't remember which show I watched. I can't remember if it was um, if it was 
Law and Order. I think it was Law and Order. I feel like it was one of the older ones, though. Um, and one thing that is true is that um, psych wards, just any place in general, are not going to force you to take medication, especially like mental health um, institutions, stuff like that. But it's mostly because, um, you know, if you're not displaying symptoms, you're not being a danger to anyone, um, that includes yourself or any other person, then they're not going to force you to take your medication. They're not going to force treatment on you if you are just, you know, being normal. In a lot of cases, people are just normal. They just have mental health that they are struggling to deal with. And most times they just can't deal with it on their own, so they do go to places such as these to help with them, with their symptoms. But yeah, in pretty much in every case, they're not going to, you know, force pills down your throat. Um, another one, another medicine says how all hospitals are staying. No, uh, this one gave a little bit of description. Says in the movies, all mental hospital, all mental hospitals look and feel exactly the same. In reality, there are many different kinds of hospitals. There are state hospitals, private hospitals, residential programs. Some are unlocked, while others are locked. Some keep you inside all the time, while others have fitness in outdoor areas. Um, yeah, so, like I said before, not, not all of them are created equal. You know, some are actually made by the state, federal. A lot of them are, a lot of them, which I did not know was actually private hospitals, so privately owned hospitals. I did not know that. Um, but, like I said, some are just programs you just go for in the day. Some are there for, you know, overnight, short-term, long-term, medium-term, depends. Yeah, so. Uh, let's see here. So apparently a big, another myth also that you can go home and you should be cured or just done. No more mental health illness. But, nah, nah, nah. When the person says the reality is when the, what the facilities will do is keep you safe, adjust and monitor your meds, teach you coping tools if you're open to it, then set you up with aftercare and send you on your way. Aftercare can vary from partial hospitalization programs in which you can go home each night to intensive outpatient programs to the care of your outside physician. The hard work continues long after you leave the hospital. The hospital can help, but it's definitely not a quick fix. So, yeah. Sadly, one second. <coughs> Excuse me. It's, it's probably just allergies, I swear. I, I'm not sick. But yeah, those are some myths and misconceptions that I found. Um, but I did want to read some stories from patients and people who work there alike. Um, just to see, you know, how people view the, how they view psychiatric care. Um... here if I can get the website to pull up for me mm. 
One second. All right, I was able to bring it up. Oh, now let's see. There we go. Okay, so it was by the Washington Post. Um, it was on July 23rd, 2017, written by Nathaniel Morris. Um, it says, psych words aren't what you think. I've seen lives saved there. And I'm just going to read you this one. And what was the other one? And I also wanted to read what other people said. Like, they're just, they in the, you know, the psych words was for them as patients. Um, so, but this is through someone who's worked in, in a place like that. Um... It says, the psych ward remains among the most stigmatized places in modern medicine. Despite more accepting public attitudes toward mental health care, inpatient psychiatric units continue to evoke frightening images of patients strapped to beds, electroconvulsive therapy, and rooms with padded walls. These damaging stereotypes are everywhere. Some display psychiatric sores as stages for horror. Travel Travel guides tout tours of haunted asylums. Companies still design Halloween rides around psychiatric care. In San Francisco, where I live for my work as a resident in psychiatry, it's not unusual to see tourists walk around and wearing Alcatraz Psycho Ward apparel. Psychiatric units continue to be the hidden corners of hospitals, the secluded floors that many hope to avoid. Patients openly chat with friends, telling about trips to emergency departments, primary care clinics, and even operating rooms. But this isn't so for stays on inpatient psychiatric units. These are places that no one likes to talk about. In recent years, inpatient psychiatric units have been in steep decline. According to data collected by the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, the number of psychiatric hospital beds in the United States fell from an estimated 153,557,527,257,527,527,527,527,527,527,527,527,527,527,527,527,527,527,527,527,527,527,527,527,527,527,527,527,527,527,527,527,527,527,527,527,527,527,527,527,527,527,527,527,527,527,527,527,527,527,
Families often reconcile with loved ones. Patients may find hope in one another, opening up in groups, sharing meals, discovering the comfort of shared experiences. Despite public beliefs that we're locking people away, many, if not most, patients sign into the hospital voluntarily. And inpatient stays usually last just days to a few weeks. There are long conversations about whether to take medications. Some meetings are filled with tears, some with laughter. Patients undergo physical exams and vital signs checks, lab work, and EKGs, just like anywhere else in a hospital. I've seen patients dance with nurses, smiling for the first time a week. Patients playing musical instruments lift the spirits of those around them. Poetry fills those walls. Some patients create artwork that belongs in museums. I won't sugarcoat what it's like to work on psychiatric units. There are moments of tension and conflict. There are moments where when patients rave in the grips of psychosis, scream at the locked doors, throw chairs, harm themselves or threaten staff members. Indeed, there are moments when I've been afraid. But in my experience, these flashes of turmoil are far less common than the moments of inspiration. I wish people could see the kind of good that can be done for patients on psychiatric units. Will we ever see psychiatric units not as place, a place of shadows and terror, but as places of beauty and strength? Those moments of healing are there every day, right in front of us, but they just don't garner much attention. Patients getting better in psychiatric units don't attract headlines in the way that scandals or horror films do. Overcoming the stigma against psychiatric units won't be easy, but I think it's possible. Familiarizing the public with psychiatric care is the first step. Stereotypes against psychiatric units endure when these places remain unknown and out of sight. By opening up about the realities of mental health treatment, providers and patients can address the pervading views of the psych ward as a place of torture and imprisonment. This kind of transparency can illuminate psychiatric care's potential for healing rather than horror. This means we also have to talk about psychiatry's checkered past. We have to acknowledge that sometimes brutal history of psych mental health care, shackles, cages, lobotomies of decades ago, as well as abuses that carry into today, to inspire being treatment to inspire better treatment moving forward. By learning from psychiatry, psychiatry's mistakes, future generations of mental health providers can give them the kind of compassionate care that our patients deserve. <sighs> that is true. I remember re I remember watching a video on YouTube. Um, I think it was the Infographic Show channel. I think they did a video on, I think like, it was like an older, um, back in older times, I think someone did like a, um, they, whatchamacallit, I think it was like a female, uh, reporter, I really like saying female reporter, but she went in and kind of, I think it was like to get like inside look of what happens inside these mental health, um, hospitals. I, it was like, it was like a few decades ago and you know, it, it came with, I guess you can kind of say the horror stories that you usually hear, you know, like nurses mistreating patients and, you know, a lot of these patients usually are not even extremely ill or, you know, have extreme cases. They usually just, just normal people with just, with just, you know, mental health issues that they just need help coping with, not, not 
not necessarily saying that they are um, a danger, but of course came with, you know, being mistreated, being forced, um, you know, to just being quiet, not talking, you know, certain rights and things that you usually would do, they, they took away from you. Um, and of course, when she finally was able to escape and get out, um, she did alarm the press by what happened. And of course, and I think it made a couple headlines. And then like, basically when she went back to just get names and stuff, um, they basically completely changed the way they were acting just off of the way that they, um, off that one article. Like, they had, like, they put this whole facade that they were just these beautiful, nice nurses that did nothing wrong. So, I don't know, it's, it's kind of crazy, um, how different, you know, a lot of places are. And the report that did went there, just to, be, just to clarify, she did not have um, any present mental illness or was diagnosed or anything. She went there just, you know, just as a report, you know, kind of like an undercover just to see what was going on. You know, was it really a good, nice place or was it, you know, a place where, you know, you want to kind of avoid? Um, I did bring up some other stories, but thinking about it, I'm not sure if I want to read them. Not because of how... Not because they're bad or anything, it's just I just, I'm not sure if I want to read them here. I'll link them. I'll just link them. But there are some, some, some read, um, wrote something on Vice.com about being held in a psych ward against him, his will. And it's pretty long, so I'm not going to read it here. But I'll definitely link it below in um, his story with psychiatric care um so yes if i can okay here it is this person natasha tracy from on humpyplace.com wrote about their about their experience inside um of a mental hospital and i'm going to hear there we go mm-mm-mm yeah, Here, here's uh, Natasha's take on what's, what happens when really goes inside of a mental hospital. It says, why might a person be in a mental hospital? It says, there are many reasons why people enter mental hospitals. Typically, they are in there for, much, very, for a variety of mental health conditions, such as bipolar, major depressive disorder, schizophrenia, even dementia at times. Um, these people are in mental ho- are in a mental hospital because they cannot manage the illness on their own at this time and need around the clock care. There's nothing to be ashamed of about being in a mental hospital. There's a place people go to get well, and going to one can be seen as a very positive step forward. How do you get admitted? It says there are two types of admissions: voluntary and involuntary admissions. Voluntary admissions are when a person agrees to stay in a mental hospital. They ask to be there or they sign themselves in. This type of admission is typically arranged by the patient, a doctor, or a legal guardian. This type of admission tends to happen when a person is feeling overwhelmed by mental illness and feels in need of extra support or feels he or she may hurt him him or herself or someone else. 
involuntary admissions are when a person is admitted to a mental health hospital without his or her consent because it has been determined by a doctor or the police that the person is a danger to him or herself or someone else. Involuntary admission is typically brief and is and if it belongs to determined to be needed, a court order must be obtained. But now getting to what actually happens inside mental hospitals. They said procedures vary at different mental hospitals, but typically once someone is admitted, they are they have con- consultation with a doctor, likely a psychiatrist as well as a general practitioner. These doctors assess the patient's physical and mental state. At this point, the patient is told how everything works. For example, meals may be served in a communal area rather than in each patient's room. Then the patient will work on either their regular doctor, will work with either the regular doctor or with doctor from that mental health facility to make treatment decisions that will generally include psychiatric medication. If the admission is involuntary, emergency medication may be given initially without the consent of the patient but outside of that, patients can be active in their mental health treatment decisions. But during the day, uh, mental health patients typically undergo group therapy. This is a facilitated discussion with other patients. This type of group is typically led by a medical professional, psychologist, or social worker. Group therapy may be aimed at discussing treatment issues, such as treatment goals, concerns, and so on. It may be focused on teaching skills or maybe based around a specific therapy, such as cognitive behavioral therapy or art therapy. Um, there are individual therapies, which is one-on-one between a patient and a professional, so most likely a psychiatrist, psychologist, or a social worker. Now, these type of therapy, this type of therapy might be psychodynamic, which is usually called talk therapy, or we focus around a specific type of therapy, such as dialectical, behavioral therapy, or CBT, Cognitive Behavioral Therapy. There are many types of mental health treatments, and doctors will consider these all with the patients. Uh, there's personal time, which is usually time to themselves, so might be resting the rooms, working, um, maybe studying, reading, you know, kind of like recreational activities. And of course, there are visitation uh, periods where uh, family and friends sometimes come and visit at the uh, mental health hospital. Um, this is where I'm when. This is October 23rd, 2019. Forgot to, to, to emphasize that. But I do like reading this, and there's another one I want to read, if I can bring it up. Um, here it is. It is on psychom.net. It said, what a psych- psychiatric ward is really like. Um, and it's articles by Katie Dale. Um, it says a young woman with bipolar disorder shares what she learned about being admitted first as a teen and later as an adult. Um, I'm wondering, I'm going to skip her part of the story where she talks about, um, I guess you said why she was admitted and how, how bad it is. If you want to read it, I'll, I guess I'll link it down below. Um, but here's where she talks about the day structure and what she felt like, you know, her experience there and her interview there. So it says, how is the day structured there? It says, there's a schedule that isn't necessarily the same every day, but you can be sure the staff will keep you on schedule. 
They're expected to go to bed at a reasonable hour and sleep for at least eight hours. There is order to the day. Mine often look like this. Time to prepare, time to prepare for the day. I got an hour in the morning. Breakfast, quiet time, recess or physical activity, TV time, study time for school-age patients, recreation time, and group therapy. After lunch, most of more of the same activities follow until a break for dinner, which is often followed by visitor hours, movie time, and lights out. The activities don't necessarily occur in that order, but the schedule is typically posted in a visible place. Uh, when can I see my doctor? Um, at least once a week, I would see the doctor. Maybe not as often as I wanted, but, as, but at least as often as he could see me. I recommend being an, as honest and transparent as possible with the doctor. They want to know how you're doing, so tell them if you're having a cruddy day or if your symptoms are bothering you. They are there to help you. I'm going to stop right here. I have heard about people being uh, not honest, not just with doctors and uh, mental health care, but also just in general. You got to think about they're there to help you, so do please be honest with them. You know, if you don't like the doctor for any reason, then please ask for another one if you do not feel comfortable talking to them. But there's their... But, you know, please be honest with them because they are there to help. Um, but also, I think I heard from someone that they, I think, like, one large hospital that was close to me, um, someone said they went there and they had, like, a questionnaire and a lot of people would just rush through it because it was a thick packet. But, you know, please, please, you know, just, just follow along with what they want you to do if for, you know, supposed to be helpful but getting back to the article said uh can they can they change your mind it says depending on the laws that govern the state where the facility is located which most likely the united states it says in the adult ward may be able to petition your case provided you voluntarily admitted yourself and fill out the proper paperwork during the first 72 hours or three days in the adult ward I went to, the state of Florida had a law that allowed the patients who had voluntarily admitted themselves to petition the hospital administration in a court of law within the hospital to review and possibly repeal their case for early release. I recommend visiting the Treatment, Advo- Treatment Advocacy Center website for more, for more information regarding laws concerning admission and release. They monitor the 46 United States that abide by common set of laws for the treatment of patients and score them in their efficiency to abide by these laws. Also, if you were involuntarily committed, there are laws to keep you monitored and unable to be discharged for the first 72 hours or three days. Are the patients violent? They said, I can't say there, were, there weren't times when patients got out of control and staff had to intervene, but if you follow the rules and avoid confrontation with others, you should have no problems. Try to keep your distance physically and emotionally from people who you think may have the potential to be violent. Also, remember that many people in the psych ward may just like you and you may even find a friend or two during your time there. I created a lifelong friendship at the psychiatric ward. They said, what kind of testing perform? Because they draw your blood upon admission. They also take your vials regularly, usually morning and evening, but at least once a day. What does the facility look like? The three psych wards I've been in were pretty plain on the inside. Unfortunately, they don't seem to make interior design a priority. 
The first one had no pictures on the walls, and the second one had about three abstract paintings and two illustrations that reminded me of the Silence of the Lambs movie poster, Eerie, I Know. Another adult where I stayed in had vaulted ceilings with large photos of beautiful locations around the world. There are usually minimal decorations and homey items. It's easy to understand that it would be a risk to keep any home-like furnishings in the room, so it was pretty very needless to say. Are the beds comfortable? It says, honestly, all the beds I slept on were pretty stiff. They had plywood frames and no headboards, with a couple of inches of mattress padding, but the sheets and linen were cleaned regularly, thankfully. How long is a typical stay? It says, I do know that some people were out the next day, and some people stayed longer. I was there for three weeks. Some people stay a few months. Doctors and staff regularly review the patient's behaviors. The input in part dictates the length of treatment at the facility. The staff wants to ensure you're safe and not harm to yourself or others before you are discharged. What do you usually wear? When I was in juvenile ward, we wore scrubs. In the adult ward, we wore casual, comfortable, everyday clothing. They confiscate any belts, hoodie strings, shoe strings, and the like as to take away anything that may pose a safety risk. What kind of physical activity goes on? This may vary from place to place, but there was always a recreation time to either interact with others in a gym or outside in an enclosed courtyard. Take advantage of the physical activities. Your brain needs as much as your body, and you may end up passing on it during times you want to be alone to think or relax. It says, how can I avoid sensory overload? It said, it may be best that once in a while during times that the patient congregates in a group, you may want to go to your room to rest, away from noise and commotion. There were days it was hard for me to handle the day-to-day activities in my mental illness, and even greater, a struggle to deal with a blaring movie on TV or a crowd of people talking loudly, waiting for the meds in the day room. Permit yourself to take breaks from the anxiety-inducing activities, know and identify your triggers, and learn coping skills. A final note, be sure to make the most of it. Your time in the psych ward may be the darkest night of the soul, or a welcome reprieve from the lifestyle you lead that could help you get your bearings while you're away. In either case, know that there is a light in the tunnel, It may seem like the moments are going on forever, but just know this too shall pass. So while you're waiting for discharge, cooperate and work on you. (sighs) Reading this, I feel like there, I mean, of course there's horror stories. I feel like the internet's full of horror stories. But I mean, it's just, I feel like it's important to remember that these are still hospitals. These are still places that, you know, you have to, you're you're going there to seek treatment. So, there's going to be plenty of horror stories, but I feel like reading these kind of things does show that there is normalcy in the sense of that you don't need to be afraid of something bad happening to you because you're admitted, you know. These things are normal and things that you know, shouldn't, I can say, shouldn't make you feel afraid to go in. You know, if you do feel like you need help, go and get help. I do, def- I definitely, 
believe that it's important to go and get help, especially if you really do. Excuse me. If you really do need it. Um, yes, this is where I'm going to drop off for the day. I hope you guys like, I hope you guys enjoyed. I know I learned, I did learn some things. I have been, I feel like it's important to, to know that these things are places to be, you know, not afraid to go into. There are a lot of horror stories out there, but there are stories of people who just went in, you know, got the treatment they needed. Maybe not the best situations, but you have to remember you are in a hospital, you know. Like you could, people say, you know, you're not going for vacation, you know. Go on a vacation, you know, go, go book a hotel room, you know, go book a trip. But, you know, here, no, just try, you know, do your best, you know, to... Make the most of your stay at the hospital because they are there to help you. Regardless of if it may seem like it, please remember they, like, like I said before, they are there to help. But that's what I'm going to drop off for the day. I hope you guys enjoyed, and I will see you guys next time. Bye bye.